Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Previously on Dungeons and Dragons. And this blue orb appears and you are back and you look to Mirabar and you see plumes of smoke coming up from the city. Thea sits down on the ground and pulls out a joint. Yeah, guys, this is a lot. What the hell? is going on. I, I look at Flynn's face and I and I and I throw him a joint. This is much needed. <laughs> Out of Flint's mouth, Bort begins to scream. He said I wanted to come back. I did not want to come here with you. But if the choice was that or die, isn't this a better choice? Bort is gone and Flint is back. Flint, where did you go? What'd that feel like? What's going on, buddy? Uh. Tell me. It does not feel good when that happens, I will tell you that much. And as you look to the east over the top of another large hill, you see the remaining soldiers of the Axe of Mirabar marching towards Mirabar. Ooh! Oh! Guys, they haven't made it there yet. Crimsbane probably isn't controlling them yet. As you fly more towards the army, they see you and they yell up to you. If you don't want to be shot from the sky... You should probably come down now. What's your name, sir? I'm Commander Hammerstriker, and I am the commander of the Axe of Mirabar. Hammerstriker. Yeah. Where do you think Crimsbane is? The most fortified location in the city is likely where you were uh, when you were in the brig. Thea, you are searching rooms, and you hear a, a startled yell. And as you become visible to Osric, he swings down at you with his axe. Where have you guys been? Around. Hey guys, he's in here. How long have we been gone? Uh, you guys have been gone for three weeks. What? What? That was unexpected. Yeah. Okay. All of you hear a static charge. And you hear what you think is Salazar. Timmy, where are you? We just got your signal back. God, you stupid man. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons. This is a fifth edition D&D actual play podcast. I'm your dungeon master, Russ Moore, and with me today is Amy Moore, who plays Thea Amastasia. Hey there. And Carla Johnson playing Nulara Moonbrook. Hello. And Flint Firebeard, who <laughs> was played Tom by Laird. Tom Laird. <laughs> yes. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I like the, I like the switch because now that means I have a friend in real life who's a dwarf, and that sounds amazing. <laughs> Hooray! Everybody wins. Um, how are you guys? Good. Good. Doing well. <laughs> Eloquent as always. <laughs> Excellent. This is good. 
good banter we've got going yes. on here. <laughs> we're really, we wasted it all before we started. We're really vibing on the banter right now. It's pretty. I always feel like Russ's innocent questions are like a trap for us if we say the wrong thing. <laughs> How you guys doing? Good. Roll a d20. <laughs> yeah, see? And then maybe we're not so good. There's something about... Um, not even, I was going to say the format, but it's not because we were just chatting before we started recording. But something about like the second we say we're playing that we absolutely forget how human communication works. <laughs> <laughs> like we cannot talk to NPCs. We can't even talk to each other, our actual friends in real life. <laughs> like it's a weird yeah, thing. No, the story checks out completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. It's an interesting barrier you guys have put up there. I mean, there's a real fourth wall thing going on, but yeah, I mean, as, long, not, as long as you commit to the awkward, awkward interaction, it's good. Yeah. My life has just been a series of awkward interactions. <laughs> so this is just a recorded <laughs> awkward interaction. <laughs> uh, well, good. Let's, uh, if all the awkward banter's done. For now. We can, we can jump right on in. So we left off last time, and you had figured out, Nulara, that you uh, appear to have a communicator that was left in your, your arrow quiver, and it appears to be Salazar speaking on the other end. We're going to take a quick step back from there. We're rewinding just a little bit. So Flint, you guys have just found Osric, and everybody's talking amongst themselves, but you yourself have been kind of quiet and concentrating, trying to fight Bork for control of your body since you returned from Enon. But in this moment, your mind is quiet, and you find yourself being able to relax for the first time since entering, really, the Library of the Dead. You seem to ignore the conversations around you. You hear them, but you're not really paying attention to them. You're reveling in the silence now upon you. When you hear Bort in your mind very quietly say, So, I think we might have got off on the wrong foot. Well, we were kind of thrust together without anyone's consent. Yeah, yeah, that happened. And I feel like I've been treating you a little, little poorly. I mean, I've been screaming like a child in here. Uh-huh, I've noticed. Yeah, and I had a moment of contemplation when I thought maybe, maybe we could help each other. I like the sound of this. I recognize that I was angry, and I've, I mean, I've never been known to take things calmly before. I mean, Ralph, Ralph had been working with me on that um, up, up until I had my head chopped off, obviously. And I want to, I want to help, not hinder anymore, and hopefully find a way to separate us um, and get... Me, another body? I mean, I know you guys said you you would help with that. I just feel like I wasn't really receptive to that, so instead I just tried to, you know, annoy you until I took over your body. I'm sorry. It it was what you thought was right. It's okay. Uh, We do know some fancy magic types in a different town. We just haven't had a chance to go there yet, so when we do... Hopefully they'll have some sort of solution to our problem. That sounds good. That sounds good. So what I'm going to do is, uh, you know, just kind of hang out in here and, um, you know, offer my two cents if I if I uh, if I have it. If you think that's cool, definitely. Well, that's good. And you know what? I think that I'm able to channel. And just as he's saying this, you hear the communicator catch in, and it kind of cuts him off mid sentence. 
right before the communicator going to Thea now. I'm sorry, is this, was this Flint like mumbling to himself or is he having a conversation in his head? He's having a conversation in his mind. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you guys- to see him be like, oh. You, no, yeah, he's he's kind of just, you know, stoically standing there, kind of deep, deep in thought or zoned as you guys appear him. Thea, you got the book of the Druids and you read through it and it made you think differently about how being a Druid should work. You've been thinking about this book since you got back and this has kind of been going through your mind throughout the last last couple days, couple days for you. And to this point, you've kind of used your Druidship as more of a way to benefit yourself and make yourself money in terms of selling your your wares, your weed products to to certain people. And you've been a little bit almost hesitant to truly commit to true druidship to this point. You've used your learned skills to help your business grow, so to speak, but that seems to be mostly all it's been to you, more of an enhancement of your nature. Maybe your family growing up kind of held you back, or maybe on your path to understand your nature, you were lost on your desire to make profits of your skills. Maybe a little bit. Whatever the reason, after having read the Book of the Druids, which you acquired from the Library of the Dead on Eden, something inside of you suddenly clicks in this kind of same moment as Flint is having this internal conversation. And you get it. All of your skills and connections to nature itself become clear to you. Your connection to your skills seems more focused now, and your spells seem like second nature now, and you feel inside of you your wild shape churning and begging for freedom. Every animal you have ever seen begins flooding to your mind all at once. You see bears and eagles and tigers all trying to help you enhance your abilities. You look down at your your equipment and you suddenly feel a distaste, a severe distaste for the metal things you have. You drop your spear, you drop your daggers, and you look down at your new armor and where <laughs> new armor <laughs> where before you overlooked its metal build it doesn't repulse you quite the same as your spear and your other weapons did you analyze it a little more closely and you feel a magical aura coming off of it you can't quite tell what the what the enchantment or the aura is but you'd feel like it's not truly metal it just appears metal. So it, to you, do, you don't feel the need to get rid of it. Oh, good. I just got it. It's a lot of hassle to get that it armor. It was. I know. So to everybody else watching you, Thea, they just see you drop your metal weaponry. Druids kind of maintain their, their use of scimitars, but your daggers you drop, your spear you drop. And then both you, Thea, and new Lara. In this moment, just before the communicator clicks in, you pause and you feel waves of energy from the world course through all at once. And what moments ago felt calm is now suddenly darker and seems like an energy is tainted or evil. And these people you are fighting, the cult of the dragon, 
you sense that they have just moved a step closer to their goal. You can't sense exactly how close they are or what they have just done, but something in the very essence of nature itself, something evil is coming and is closer. And then the communicator kicks in. Tibby, Tibby! Oh, where are you? Nulara, you search through your quiver and you find a small kind of cogwork communicator that uh, appears kind of the same build and make as, as what Tibby is made of. And the sound is coming out of that. Do you want to roll, just roll a d20 for me? Uh, that is a three. Nice. <laughs> so I throw it in a river. <laughs> ah, what is this? This is evil. Did you tie it up first? <laughs> yes. Important question. Thank you, Flint. Use your in uh, an intelligence modifier there. Uh, well, that's a one, so that's a four. <laughs> so really made a difference. So you look at this device and you don't have an idea of how to potentially make it work. Guys, I can't figure out how this works. Can one do one of you? I don't know. I miss Tibby. How do we work this? Meanwhile, the communicator says, Tibby, t- where the hell have you been? Answer me. Is that? Is that Salazar? It sounds like Salazar, and I'm holding this thing and like just fumbling it in my hands. Like, I don't know how to, Salazar? I'm just holding it, yelling at it. I don't know how it works. I rolled an 11. Thea, you come over and you look at it, and there is a button on the side. (laughs) Does it say on? No, (laughs) there just appears to be a a button or a switch that- Like a walkie-talkie. You are able to depress- and it, the static that's coming through it, stops. Hey, uh, try try this. Hello? I let the button go. From the device, he says, uh, Who, who, who's, is that, is that Thea? I pressed the button again. Who, who's asking? This is really, really quite a good conversation, obviously. Um, this is Salazar. Um, where, where's, where's Tibby and where, where have you guys been? Uh, that, you know, that's like a super long story. Um... Uh, any guys? We like transported to some different place, and uh, now Flint has another dude in his head, and everything is totally crazy. Also, we were gone for three weeks, and now Tibby's gone too, and an evil army is taking over a town. So, where are you at? Oh, oh, ask ask him what he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Says, um, she ignores me. No, I'm not asking that. Well, you're the one holding it. I assumed you just said that while you were. Oh, I thought you it. were holding it, and I was just pressing the button. Oh, was, <laughs> my understanding, like I was just jumping I, in. I, I like that better. Navarro holding it, and Thea just pushing, just pushing <laughs> the button. That's what I imagined. <laughs> okay. Uh, he says, uh, "What do you mean, Tibby's gone? I'm, I'm back at the guild. Three. Yeah, it's that timeline lines up. You guys have been kind of disappeared for a little more than three weeks as we lost you before we sent Tibby to try and find you. Um, okay, army taking over. You guys just kind of make danger up as you go, don't you? Like, it just kind of follows you around. Uh, I think this one literally, like, this danger just jumped out at us in the middle of the street. Like, I don't think this one was our fault. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I know it doesn't sound right to me either. We probably did find it. Hey, did what just happened? Did something just happen? I felt something. Well, 
Um, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. What, what do you mean something just happened? So I'm like looking at Flint and Thea because like I just felt this crazy wash of power or whatever happened. So I'm looking at them like, guys, did you, did you just feel that? Like something has changed. Uh, I didn't feel anything. Uh, yes, I felt it too. Something is definitely happening. Well, we, I mean, we've been tracking the cult a little bit. They're doing, they're doing some pretty bad stuff around we haven't been able to track down where exactly they've been they've been kind of collecting yet um but pretty much entirety of Faerun is is falling apart whether it's the cult or it's just rogue groups popping up in cities and claiming them for themselves they've taken the cult um as kind of an a call to action to just allow evil to run rampant. Okay, well that sounds really bad. Yeah, it's not good. We're here in Mirabar. Half of the army has been enchanted somehow through their armor by an evil wizard. Any uh, tips on some kind of disarming? You're a smart guy. Got any tips and tricks? Uh, disarm, uh, enchanted armor. Uh, I mean, it sounds like something magic. I can get our, I can get the the wizards on it and over here and just see if they can't figure something out. Um, but we might need more information as to how, who, and how is is, you know, who's doing the spell and how they're doing it in order to shut it down. Um, the the axe of it's Mirabar. an elf wizard named Primsbane. Primsbane. The name sounds familiar. Um, I feel like he's been someone who's been trying to track us down for quite a while now. Well, he found us, and he thinks that we can lead him to this big, powerful energy source. Yeah, don't do that. Well, we don't really know what it is and <laughs> to what he's referring, so... I'm pretty sure he's just referring to us um, as the guild. Okay, don't come home. Yeah, don't come home yet. Feel safe. So, have they turned the entire... Mac Axe of Miravar? Because that would be bad. Well, like, half? Oh. Uh, half of half of the army is outside of town. We've warned them not to come into town, because as soon as they do, something activates in their armor, and they become, like, zombies or automatons or something. They can't control themselves anymore. Um, so they know that, at least the ones that aren't already turned, but they're still... A lot of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, if it if your shirt's in the armor, it's going to take us a little while, but we might be able to arrange to get new armor sent to the other, at least some of the other um, members of the Axe of Mirabar if they're holding formation, um, so that maybe they can come in and help you. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're certain that that's what it is, we can have that sent. Like I said, it'll take a bit, but. Um, that's, you know, something as opposed to nothing right now. Okay, I look at Thea and Flint like, right? <laughs> Am I remembering right? We know for sure it's the no, armor, yeah. right? Yeah. No, it no, is for sure armor, the armor. Their armor has some crazy mixture of alloys and metals that is specific to them, and they're the only ones that got right, affected by right. this. Uh, yeah, Salazar, anything you can do to help? Because there's, you know, a lot of them. We can't fight them with three of us. Although I think the better thing to do is to focus on fixing 
the enchantment if we can break the spell somehow. By murdering Primsby. Yeah, we don't want to, like, A, we can't fight a thousand army members. And B, we don't want to kill all those people. So if there's a way that we can save them, and you can get the, the wizards working on some sort of fix, I think that's our best option. Absolutely. Um, I will do that. If you figure out anything more that can help us do that, let me know. Um, but I'll get them started on, uh, on researching Thelonius and kind of some of his schools of magic and what he might be able to um, acquire for himself and how he might be doing this and get you guys some armor for the other members of the army um, and hopefully they can come in and at least try and wrangle or subdue some of the other um, some of these zombified ones that you're talking about. You've got the communicator now, so you should be able to uh, to just dial us back up. Great. Uh, also, Tibby, I think, went home? Yeah, Tibby went home. Went to a place that looked like the place where where she was from. Tib- Tibby went home? Tibby's home was destroyed. Uh, maybe maybe came Tibby back. Didn't... Different portals. I don't know. It sure looked like she went home. She went somewhere different than us. Well, that's that's interesting. We had found some portal portal magic, which we obviously used to try and get you out. But um, yeah, Tibby's world was more or less destroyed, um, which is why Tibby was working with us. So maybe, huh? Could Tibby have gone back to a different timeline before? Well, you said you guys destroyed. were gone for three weeks, but. Did, did it seem like three weeks that you guys were gone? No. No, it was one day. I have a feeling like you guys jumped forward in time and Tibby might have gone a long ways back in time. Hmm. Well, hopefully, did he say he'd come back if he could? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Something I about, think that's exactly something what he said. Something about learning, wanted to learn more about the portals. Okay, well, yeah, hopefully hopefully we can figure out more. We've got some more research and stuff to do on portals, and now, I guess, time jump. Oh, busy day. Okay, I'm going to go get started on all of this stuff here. Um, you guys... Maybe maybe Doc Brown will be around to help? Timmy! Timmy, we got to go back! <laughs> it's your kids, Timmy! It's your kids! <laughs> uh, can we please have a, an NPC soon that is Christopher Lloyd? Because that sounds... Amazing. That was really that would good. Be really good. <laughs> I'll make a note of it. Guys, he's uh, legit writing K- that down. Casey yep. on the flippy flop, Salazar. Yeah, good talking to you. We'll talk to you soon. I miss you. It clicks out before you say that. <laughs> <laughs> she snuck it in right as he was uh, hanging up. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, feel like the world's coming to an end. Not really any help from the guild on this one right away. Thoughts? What should we do? Let's find and murder that evil, dark elf bastard. Yeah, that sounds like I'm, a plan. I like it. Let's do that. And we do that. End of episode. Excellent. We win. Good work, guys. <laughs> we did it. Nice. Hammer Striker says, well, I, uh, yeah, like, are we, are we going in through the tunnels or do we want to, because we said that, uh, or Osric said that they've got a whole bunch of people outside the front door. And, um, yeah, I think the tunnels would probably be the best idea. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we settled on the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least the most funneled, if there are, you know, if there is 
somebody coming for us anyways. Funneled tunnels? Funnel tunnel. Let's head to the funnel tunnels. We're going to put the fun in funnel tunnel. (laughs) Is that anything like funnel cake? Because that is delicious. (laughs) Sounds great. Okay, so you... That was a no on the funnel cake? Uh, No, no funnel cake. No funnel cake. Okay. All right. It's disappointing. Osric says, uh, uh, sorry, mate, there, um... The, the funnel cake place, it, it went first. The, the zombie guys, they hit it really hard. That's how it always happens. I know, I know. I went there first, too, and it was just, just a mess. Flour and, and eggs and powdered sugar everywhere. <laughs> Come on, list more ingredients. <laughs> baking, baking soda, I'm sure. Maybe some, some magic powder to make it taste so good. Cinnamon, Russ, it's cinnamon. No, he calls cinnamon magic powder at home, too. It's kind of a weird <laughs> oh, okay. thing right. that happens. That's fair, then. <laughs> you don't tell me how to say cinnamon. <laughs> it's a real sticking point. It is uh, about dusk now, falling on the city. We gotta head to these tunnels, you guys. I say no waiting. Yeah, I agree. Only like, murder. Uh, well there's there's your episode title no waiting only murder i was gonna go with funnel tunnels (laughs) he did write it in quotation marks (laughs) i'll see how the episode pieces together all right all right uh because we're all rested up right yes yeah everybody should have full everything tunnels let's do it let's go to them guys i'm gonna show you some amazing shit after just wait you just wait just wait that sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I feel, feel like, I feel something. Um, after this immediate problem that needs to be solved, we should probably figure out why it felt like I don't know all the energy in the world shifted a little bit eviler. That seems like yeah. we, that should be on the to do list. That was real weird and real bad. But right now, we got a wizard to murder, and murder him we shall. And we skip gleefully towards the tunnel and our task of murder. <laughs> We're whistling a nice murdering tune. <laughs> exactly. You head out of the out of the safe house there, and you go out into the street, and you're kind of sticking to the shadows and the sides of the street. Um, and uh, Torgar and Osric lead you back to the to the door that leads down into the tunnels. And now you're back down in there, and the tunnels. In this area are about about ten feet wide, so enough for two people to walk side by side, and about five five and a half to you know five and three quarter feet tall. So I crouch. <laughs> uh, so anybody who needs to crouch is probably crouching, and they're all very dry and stone built. Um, but when you get down into this first set of tunnels, you hear somewhere very faint within the tunnels, um, a very reverberated thud, very consistent as you're walking in here. They're very muted at first, and you begin walking through the tunnels and checking corners as you go, and you are walking um, for about 10 minutes or so. Um, You're on the north side of the city, and as you're walking, this thudding gets a little louder, um, and Torgar tells you, we're going to have to go take the tunnels under the river to the other side of the city where um, where we think Thelonious is. Shouldn't be a problem, but that's where we're going. And he takes you and stops you around a corner 
tells you to hold back as around the corner he says and whispers, Looks like there's some zombie soldiers around the corner here. They didn't, I don't think they saw me, um, but it looks like there's about four of them. Um, and that's kind of the way we need to go. How do you feel about incapacitating them in order to get through? Well, if we can, we should probably try. I've dealt with some undead stuff before, and usually you can't quite incapacitate them. But we will do our best. Um, if if it hap- if it has to happen that we have to that we have to kill them, then that's what we have to do. Those are the words I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get sneak attack anyway, right? We're still invisible for five more minutes, something. Yeah. So you guys get uh, sneak attack. So you guys kind of all attack at once because you are concealed and hidden and they don't know you're there so the sneak attack you just tell me what you three each want to do there are four zombie soldier guys and we'll say that you three um kind of take the lead on on this quick attack here first all right uh, i'm gonna run behind one of them get on my hands and knees and then nular is gonna shove them over me So we're just gonna play. Oh, you mean on actual attacks? Bit? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, if that's what you want to do, I mean, one of you has got to get in front of them somehow, though. So that's gonna be interesting. Right. Yeah. Well, also tricky uh, yes. because I can't, we can't see each other. So how will I know when he's in position? Well, you guys can see each other because you all have the same spell on you. Imagine like the cone of silence, and everyone inside the cone can hear each other. I think we're like in a cone of invisibility. Right, everyone inside yeah. your invisible bubble can see each other. And I mean, we've been kind of treating it as invisibility, but I read the spell again. It's not really an invisible spell. It's more like a super buff to your stealth spell. So you're like in the shadow. We've been treating it like an invisibility spell. So I'll, I'll keep doing that more or less. Um, but you guys can still see each other. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We just have like super stealth and depth. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you and kind we don't of super sneaky and shadowy. Yeah. People can't mm-hmm. follow our footprints or whatever. Exactly. Um, okay. Basically, we're all wearing Kavath's shade cloak. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so we'll say that the Pass Without a Trace will kind of wear off after the sneak attack. So tell me what you want to do, and then we'll, we'll roll attacks. And How many? There's four? There are four there of are them. Four. I aim my um, produce flame at one of them. Okay, so we're, we're attacking, right? We're like. Well, yeah, you're just gonna because all oh, three yes. of your attacks are gonna kind of happen at the same time to get sneak okay. attack to get a, yeah. a sneak round. Okay, that's what I'll be doing. Uh, I'm going to, uh, as best I can, get behind uh, one of these zombo types and just try and like beat him in the back of the head with my like handle of my axe so not the blade so i'm not trying to like kill him i'm just trying to take him down okay oh right <laughs> and nulara uh this this is also my plan i'm just gonna like hit one in the head with the with the butt of flame tongue to try to incapacitate them and then maybe like tie them up or something sure hoping I, those flames can take out a couple but i imagine they can because I don't have like an incapacitate kind of spell. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta damage them somehow to incapacitate them, right? Truth. So roll, uh, roll attacks uh, for everybody there. Uh, you're just producing flame, so 
What's the what's the? And we we have advantage on these, correct? Range. Yes. So you roll two d20s and take the better. Five feet. Twenty-two. Uh, so that's a twenty-three. What's your what's your normal damage on your sword and your axe? Uh, normally two d12 plus four. Okay, so roll a one d10, just because you're using the butt of it, and then new. Yep. Uh, new Lara. Part of my damage is fire, so I'll take that out. So two yeah. d six plus two. Just do one d six. I add six damage, Russ. Okay. Five and then seven if I'm adding that plus or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Flint and New Lara, you sneak up behind them handily with pass without a trace still on, and you hit both of these zombified dwarf soldiers the base of the skull and knock two of them prone. And Thea, you quickly produce flame on the backs of these other two, um, and they take uh, take the damage, but turn around and uh, seem more or less unfazed by it, um, but swing towards you both. Roll for initiative. Oh, nat 20. Why did I waste it? Because <laughs> it's an initiative roll. That's what we always do. That's the do. only time we get 20s, I think. Plus your modifier. 21. 7 for me. 14. Okay, so Thea, you're up first. Uh, of course I am. Thea decides to do that one more time. So I'm going to produce Slayman. Try to hit those two again. Sure. Four. Four uh, so Flint and Nulara, you have now kind of ducked down and out of the way of Thea's flame, which she erupts again from her hand. Um, and these uh, zombies take another four damage. Now it is their turn. Two of them are knocked prone. They are going to um, stand up and swing towards Flint and Nulara, who are closest to them. The one swinging at you, Flint, uh, doesn't do very well. That's a five. He's swinging with his hammer. Excellent. And, oh, that's a critical miss. So these zombies uh, both stand up and awkwardly and clumsily swing down, and uh, the one who critically misses on you, Nulara, actually, like, trips himself up, and he's prone again. Um, (laughs) The two behind them, they walk forward and kind of step, push past the other two. One of them swings at Flint for a 19, and the other one swings um, at Nulara for a 7. So I think Flint hits there. Yep. And he swings down at you, Flint, for one bludgeoning damage. Whoa, guys. Whew. There's the right? into it. Should we go? Do we need to back out through the funnel tunnel? Yeah, need to run away? I don't think I'm going to be okay, but... We'll try it. Nulara, you're up next. Okay, well, a guy just, uh, the first guy I attacked is laying down, and then another one attacked me. Yes? Uh, yes. Okay, well, I'm going to attack him right back. Hey. But, like, again, I'm just trying to, like, disarm him, not murder him. Sure. Unless he keeps fucking with me. That's a 25. Uh, 25 will hit, yep. What weapons do they have? They are holding uh, war hammers. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Really more challenging when you're trying not to kill someone. Um, we're, we're just going to say that you are trying to incapacitate them. So once they hit zero, they will. We'll, they won't we'll, die, but we'll, they'll... We'll, we'll see what happens when they, okay. once they hit zero. Uh, okay. Unless you tell me that you are actively trying to chop one of their heads off. Perfect. We will say that you are trying <laughs> to incapacitate. Okay. Um, well, maybe I'll use my lance then because it is not sharp, right? 
It's more of a bludgeoning uh, instrument. I don't know. You had a lot of things skewered on there. I at did. One point. It, there is some small <laughs> pier- piercing damage on it, like if you sure. stab with it, but the majority of it is not. So I'm just gonna like try and bonk him upside the head. Okay. You know the old classic bonk upside the head, which will get him. Sorry, let me just find that die. I don't use it that often. Uh, eleven plus three is fourteen damage. So that guy is knocked down to the ground and appears to be unconscious. Flint, you have two zombies uh, attempting or kind of piled in front of you there. Uh, you see Nulara swing her lance and knock one uh, down to the ground. It appears unconscious, and now it's your turn. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll uh, I'll try and uh, incapacitate the one that's prone. Okay. Uh, let's see, 14. He's prone, so you get advantage, so uh, roll uh, 14 doesn't hit, oh. but yeah. Oh, well, that's much better. 23. So 23 will hit, yeah. Uh, eight damage. He is hit, um, but still looks conscious there. All right, well, let's second attack. Uh, that one's an 18. 18 will hit, yeah. Excellent. And four damage. Uh, on the same one, he is still uh, still conscious. Uh, so now it's Torgar and Osric's turn, and they can't really seem to get by... So they are just going to uh, ready their actions, and if something, if one of you is knocked down, they will be ready uh, to go next. Uh, Thea, your turn. So Flint is um, swinging the butt of his axe down on the prone one. He has two other zombies right in front of him um, who are able to attack, and Nulara has taken one out. Okay, uh, I move in a way so that Flint isn't, Blocking the two. Sure. Uh, and I produce a thorn whip. So I'm going to thorn whip one mm-hmm. of them, I suppose, which means I mean, need to make a melee spell attack. So I need to roll d20. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't use this very often. Here we go. Uh, 15 plus, is there a plus Spell eight? attack bonus, yeah. All right. So 23. 23 will hit. So use vine comes out and wraps itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can pull it 10 feet closer to me, but I was thinking about pulling it to the side and like trying to pull it because this isn't a large area, is it? Is the width? Ten, about 10 feet wide. Okay. So they are, yeah, they're in kind of the middle of the hallway. So instead of pulling them toward me, I was going to whip them to the side against the wall. Sure. If that's. Yeah, it'd still, it'd still come towards you, but you can kind of angle, angle it so, it so that, that yeah. he whacks against the wall. Is that any extra wall damage? Um, Thorn well, damage get, and wall you damage. You get 2d6 damage for 2d6 piercing damage. I do? Yeah. Germans are well known for their yeah. wall fighting ability. Of course, right? Yeah, 2d6 piercing damage. Um, and yeah, you're ramming him into the wall, so give another d4. That's 6 plus 3 is 9 damage. Nine damage. So you wrap your vines around and they dig into its skin and you pull him into the wall with a huge thud and he takes all of that damage and is now past Flint and Nulara and more directly in front of you. Okay, which uh, probably maybe means that um, Hammy and Ostrich can get into this action because he's closer yep. to us. Okay, cool. Yep. Hey, that seemed like a good idea. That worked out. Torgar sees this and he is going to take his action um, his hammer has been, um, been covered. I'm trying to say how it's, it's, you just haven't really seen it, but he pulls the, the covering off of his hammer and it 
isn't like a standard Warhammer. It is a solid piece of like mind ore. And he pulls that out and swings at the zombie that you, Thea, have just pulled towards you and hits him. That's a 16 and he gets 2d8 plus 2 damage. He uh, incapacitates the zombie that you have pulled towards you. And now it is the other two zombies' turn. The prone one stands back up and swings at you, Flint, for uh, 15. Not good enough. The other zombie swings at you, Flint, and that's a 15, so he misses as well. So there are two zombies still active and now both standing. Uh, Nulara, you see Flea. Flea. You see Thea. Flea. <laughs> That's my name when I run away. <laughs> uh, you see Thea pull this, uh, pull one past you and Flint and into a wall and then Torgar strike it down until it's unconscious. And now it is your turn. Both swing wildly at Flint, but you get to take an action now. Excellent. I'm going to remember to take both attacks this time. And Donnie's too. We didn't, we skipped Donnie. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh God. <laughs> It is! Welcome back! Or welcome to The Adventure if this is your first episode. This is episode 16 of Dungeons & Dragons titled No Waiting, Only Murder, aka The Funnel Tunnels. If this is your first episode, welcome. It certainly is a great time to jump on board, but I would recommend catching up on the previous episodes, and we've made it easier for you in a couple different ways. What you can do, one of two things. You can go back to episode one um, and just start from the beginning. There's... 15, at least 15 hours of great content, great goofs. Some of the first couple episodes, I'm not going to lie, a little shaky, but if you push through, it gets much better. Um, last week, though, we released a recap episode. I know, we were thinking, right? We want you to get on board right now. Um, so you can go listen to that recap episode, then you're at least caught up to where we are now. And then you can go forward with us, and then you can choose to go back and listen to those first 15 episodes, which lots of great goofs, lots of great adventure. Highly recommend it. How's the episode sitting with you? Would love to hear your thoughts. We're trying out some new things this last couple episodes uh, to bring some new depth to the adventurers. And trust me, those new things carry right on through to the end of this episode and beyond. So make sure you listen right on through till the end. We've seen a couple nice bits of feedback and comments these last couple weeks that I wanted to share with you. On Twitter, at OldSchoolCM tweeted, From one DM to another DM, sweet move with Lent in episode 9 of the Dumb Dragon cast. The players are starting to get paranoid. Hashtag D&D, hashtag evil DM. That's what you want, right? Have the players checking every door, window, corner, and NPC for a potential trap? I thought it was fun. Thanks for pointing that one out at Old School CM. We're really happy that you are continuing this journey with us. We've seen some wonderful growth of the show, both on social media and in episode downloads. We're happy and thankful that you are enjoying the show and continuing on this journey with us. That's all I've got for now. The next episode in our adventure will be available July 12th with episode 17. So let's get right back into the funnel tunnels for a little more murder. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Have fun and make sure you get those entries in. We are bad at this game. (laughs) So I'm going to do the the Lance obnoxious swat upside the head. I feel like this happened in a movie once, like, and it was very insulting. They were actually doing like a horse duel Lance lancing. And instead of trying to actually hit him, he just like smacked him upside the head to really prove how much better he was. 
It's probably a knight's tail. I was yeah, just thinking that. I was just going to say that's the one I'm, with Heath Ledger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm picturing. So that's that's probably it. Uh, that is a 26. 26 will hit, yeah. So he gets uh, six damage. And that one is uh, now appears to be unconscious. Perfect. Then I'll swing around and try and hit the other. And that is a... Oh, no, 10? No, 11? 11 will not hit, no. Okay. Uh, then I guess Donnie will try and like give him a little, little chomperoo, which also will not work because that is a nine. Okay. So you, uh, yeah, you you swing and knock one unconscious um, and miss uh, with the other one entirely. And um, Donnie, he's, he's just tr- finding trouble just amongst all these swinging hammers and sticks to try and get a good... Good dig in there. Uh, Flint, your turn. There is only one zombie who is left standing and active. Uh, that is a 21. 21 will do it. And seven damage. He is uh, knocked back a little bit, but still standing. Okay. And that's a 16 for the second roll. 16 will hit. Yep. With nine damage. And you knock him unconscious as well. So all four zombies are now laid out on the ground, and they appear to be of just incapacitated as opposed to uh, killed. Excellent. Good job. We did it. We didn't do murders once. Ever. <laughs> once. Yeah, I think once. this might be the first time we haven't just murdered so everything. Too. Uh, so we tie them up, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's four less to deal with at some other point. Can we use okay. that thorn whip to tie them up? That seems more painful. Seems kind of cruel, but uh, I'm not seems a, more incapacitating. Um, I don't know if you can because it's I an think, instantaneous thing that yeah. disappears after. You oh, use it. But, I see. It's yeah. illusionary. In my mind, the vine actually shrivels up. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Uh, so yeah. yeah, let's just uh, let's let's just tie them up with some ropes. Keep on going. Yeah, you each tie up uh, one of these zombies and kind of pile them off to the side. Um, and you continue on. And as you keep going further into uh, into this tunnel system, Torgar's leading you, that thudding that you heard and continue to hear increases in volume. And it's getting louder and louder, but still very consistent. He tells you that you're coming close to where you should be going underneath the river. Um, and there's a, uh, a final staircase that goes down. And the thudding is louder and louder and louder. You step down off this final step, and there is a four to six inch layer of water. It appears that this tunnel is starting to fill up, and you look ahead and down to the end of this tunnel, and you see six dwarven soldiers with their hammers beating in the sides of this tunnel. Water is looks like it's streaming in from where they are impacting it. Well, this seems like a suicide mission for them. Yeah, no kidding. Torgar and you guys follow down and you take a splash into the water um, and they look over to you and four of them begin charging towards you while two of them continue to hammer on the wall. Roll of for initiative. Looks like we're going to have to stop that business. Oh, well, I only got a five. 19? 15. Good job, you guys. I have a pretty, uh, my initiative bonus is plus three, so it's pretty good. Nice. Okay, uh, so Torgar is first down, and he's first to react. And he runs towards uh, the four charging zombies and swings his hammer 
at one of the ones in the front. First one hits, but doesn't hit squarely on the first one, and his second strike connects solidly uh, with uh, one of the other zombies, and it takes 15 uh, bludgeoning damage, and it is knocked prone. And now it is uh, Nulara. You follow quickly behind Torgar, and it is your turn. Okay, I'll attack the next, the next in the approaching group. Uh, that is a six, no, 15. Are you still using your lance? Yeah. 15 will kind of glance off its armor. The old lance glance. Kate, I'm going to try that one more time. And that is a 23. So that one will probably work better. Yep. And that is 13 damage. You give him a good hit and it stops him in his tracks, and the two zombies running behind them kind of barrel in to the two that are now knocked down, and there's a bit of a pile of zombies as they are trying to right themselves. Flint, it's your turn. So you have Nulara and Torgar in front of you, and then four zombies in a frantic pile trying to stand back up right now. Is there, like, that Benny Hill music playing in the background? (laughs) Always, always. (laughs) <laughs> okay, perfect, because that's what's running through my head whenever we play this game. Of course. So I'm going to run past uh, Torgar and Ulara and uh, and dive on in uh, with a, what is that, 14, so that's not going to do it. Boo. Uh, second attack. Oh, that's much better, 19. 19 will do it, yep. Excellent. Oh, 10 damage. Nice. You run through and past Nulara and Torgar, and you connect with one. And kind of, we'll say that you kind of do like a tuck and roll over top of these these scrambling zombies, and you are now on the other side of this pile of zombies. And that one takes that damage, and it is uh, two of the zombies who were first knocked down. They stand back up. First one swings towards Torgar, who doesn't roll well today, um, who misses. And the second one swings toward Nulara, and that is a 15. I think that misses as well. Yeah, that misses. I'm not trying to make this easy on you guys. It's just working out that way. <laughs> well, it's uh, Thea, better, because we're turn. trying not to kill them, so it would be unfair That's true. if they were really trying to kill us. Thea, you see the zombies knocked down and Flint run and jump over them, and now he's on the other side, and now it's your turn. Mm, okay. Uh, I am going to... There's still two still beating on the walls, right? Yeah. Trying to get this whole shit to come down. Uh, I am going to cast Conjure Animal. I'm going to summon face spirits that take the form of beasts and appear in the space directly in front of these two assholes trying to cave the walls in. Okay. The beast that I choose is going to be a crocodile because it's... It's within your challenge rating it's ability. within my challenge rating okay. ability of yep. one half. Okay. Oh, I can choose a challenge rating of two? Yeah, well, just keep in mind that you've got space restrictions to consider, Oh, yeah, two. a crocodile will probably be good, you know, because the water, and I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so I do that, uh, and I'm, and my crocodile, can he, can I fight with my crocodile immediately as I conjure him, or is that my action? Hold on a second. So you can summon I wanted- four beasts at a challenge rating of one half. I'm going to do, well, two of these beasts then. I don't have to do four, do I? I can do two crocodiles. Yeah. Good, because there are two guys there. Um, and then scroll down. The summoned creatures are friendly to us, but not to them. Roll initiative for the summoned creatures as a group, which has its own turn. 
So it has to fall in line, so it might not be able to go right away unless yeah. it falls. Uh, so ten. They would go next. They would go next? Cool. Um, so you have to give them a command. Yes. Um, otherwise, they just kind of stand there. So I, I command, I say, hey, Crocs, bite those assholes. And they will. <laughs> no, bite those guys. They acknowledge your command, and they go to attack the two that are hammering on the wall. Yes. Um, so you roll attacks for your crocodiles. I do. Okay. They are going to use um, their bite, because that's all they got. Yeah. Hold breath, I don't, don't think it's really going to happen. So your first the one. 20. Okay. So first one hits. Do you attack for your second one as well? I, they fight as a group. Or do they? Yeah, they no, still have they, to make an attack roll oh. on each of them. Okay, that one does not. That's a that's a seven. Okay. Uh, so the first one is going to bite uh, for one d ten plus two. So that's five, right in the ass. So they're very literal when you say yes. Bite those assholes. <laughs> bite those assholes. <laughs> that's what they're doing. Uh, until this grapple ends, the target is restrained. So. So he's biting and holding. That's yeah. my. No. Yeah. That's that's good. I just need to. There's something how to get out of restraint. I just need to know what the check is. Guys, I'm so excited. I'm using something new. I know. It's really fun, too. And good choice, because it just gives him the old chomp. And, uh, like, and then maybe him, he right? can't fight. Yeah. Maybe he yeah. can't fight now. I like and it. Also, also, not breaking down the walls. Yes. I mean, yes. he's still that other guy. But. And it intimidating. Yeah. Like, boom, crocodiles out of nowhere. I'd pee my pants. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. It has to make a strength check on its turn, but not right now. Um, so Thea, crocodiles. So Osric, he pulls out his crossbow and he goes to shoot uh, one in the in the pile of of mess there, and hits with an eighteen, and he will get eight piercing damage into one that's in the in the pile in the middle there. Two more in the center of the mess stand up. And one turns around and swings towards Flint. The other goes towards New Lara. The one goes towards Flint is a nine. So that's not going to be good. And also a nine for New Lara. I'm just not going to play. You guys just tell me when you kill them, okay? Um, Incapacitate them. That's yeah, right. We're being good. Yeah. Uh, so the two hammering on the wall, it's their turn now. The one who is grappled by the crocodile. Can certainly try to escape the grapple. Uh, I, I just imagine grape apple. The word grapple to me has been ruined. Is there... Can I, can no, I see? you can't see what you need to get... No. Okay, I rolled a 13. Okay. I just need just to see... trying to see. like we're fighting over the book. <laughs> breath. Piercing damage. It's grappled until the grapple ends. It's already restrained. And the crocodile can't bite. So he can't, obviously. Like, he's got a mouthful already. He can't attack someone different. So yeah. he's just going to hold him. Okay. Well, he's going to try and get up, but not. And he's going to swing with disadvantage because he is grappled. But he's going to swing, which is a nine. Nine versus his AC. Uh, nine versus my crocodile's AC? Yeah. Twelve. So that doesn't hit. The other one continues to hammer on the wall. And ignores the other crocodile there. (laughs) Um, And as he continues to hammer, you hear an audible crack and crumble. And it appears like more water begins to come into this tunnel. Goodness gracious. Uh Uh-oh. And to Torgar. That's me again. All right. Let's just see if I can miss with this one, too. Torgar. He swings at... um, he sees this; these crocodiles appear, and he's like, holy shit, that's cool. 
<laughs> that's, that's the appropriate response. And he swings uh, his hammer single-handed at the two zombies in front of him, but seems a little bit thrown off by the by the holy shit that's cool crocodiles uh, and misses with that. both. And Nulara, it is your turn. You also see two spirit crocodiles, which is the first time you've seen Thea do something like this, appear down at the end of this tunnel. I would just like to say, Thea has been able to do this for a very long time. He never has. <laughs> they don't need to know that. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. I'll assume you learned it in your book. That's right. Books are So important. I yell, Lots sweet shit, Thea. Dope spell. Is there one now in front of me? Two are laying down? All four are standing up, but there are four uh, in front of you. One is engaged in combat with Flint directly. Um, the other three are more aimed towards you and Torgar. Okay. Well, I'll just attack the one closest to me, I suppose. Uh, it's a 23. 23 will hit. Uh, that is 14 damage. That one is uh, uh, now appears to be unconscious. Perfect. I will attack a different one. That is a 28. Uh, and 12 damage. And that one is also unconscious. Donnie's going to try and bite one. Yep. Uh, that's a 19. Donnie. Don e. 19 will be good. So that is a four damage. And then he mm-hmm. needs to do a... Uh, constitution saving throw? Poison does not affect zombies, right. so nothing happens there, that but he does sense. take the four damage. Okay. He is still standing. So, Flint, uh, you have one zombie directly in front of you swinging its hammer at you. It is your turn. Anyone else imagining Russ, though, every time he says still standing, like these zombies are singing in their head like, I'm still standing <laughs> That would be It's better good... than if they're watching that Jim Belushi sitcom, so. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I think the still like still, the song would be a great uh fight montage song. I'm into it. <laughs> for sure. Oh, totally. Great. Yeah. Just got to get those rights for I that. was going to say we can't afford Elton John style rights, but I like the <laughs> idea. I'll call Somebody play it on a recorder. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's just hot cross buns. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Every time. Sorry, um, are there still the guys hammering into the wall? Yes, sir. Am I close enough to run over there? You are. There are two, um, two crocodiles between you and them, though. But they're not going to hurt you. But they're friendly to me, right? Um, whether you as Flint know that or not is uncertain. Can I ask... Thea, if they're friendly or not? Yep. Hey, Thea, are those uh, crocs of yours going to hurt me if I go over there? No, no, man. They're like puppies, scaly puppies. You go, you go. Yeah, all right. All right, I'm going to run over there and uh, try and take uh, one of them down, I guess. You are running away from the zombie that's that's in front of you? Yes, he will get an opportunity to attack on me. That right. is fine. So we're going to do that here First, it's not going to do anything. I don't know why it even matters. It's 13. <laughs> Keep going. Run, I was so confident run. that you were going to botch the roll that it was totally oh, fine. Get rid of these fucking dice. <laughs> he actually changed his dice right now. He's like, this oh, one's broken. This one's broken. <laughs> That's so good. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to uh, attack the one that did get bit by the croc because he was a little more hurt. So, and yeah. see if I can uh, take him down. Sure. All right. That's an 18. 18 will do it. And nine damage on that first attack. 
It is grappled by this crocodile, and you hit it, and it is still alive. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just trying to uh, it incapacitate is, it him, is not still, trying to kill him. Yeah, it is still able to take an action. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, that is a critical on a 19. Because yeah. I get twice as many chances to hit criticals as everyone else. All right, uh, so damage-wise, this shouldn't be too bad because I'm still using like the blunt side of my axe. Uh, so that's 6. And another six, so 12 damage. It is unconscious now as well. And we go to the, the first two zombies that had charged. There's only one of those left up. And he swings towards... It doesn't even really matter who he swings towards. <laughs> it's going to miss. I'm going to swing towards New Lara. Ooh, that's a 21. What? Yep, that'll hit. Not critical. Not critical. And you take quick, Amy. Change the dice back yeah, while he's totally. not looking. <laughs> you take it's six, red versus black. I think he'd notice. Yeah, you take six bludgeoning damage off of that uh, that zombie soldier, and then it is Thea. Your turn. Okay. Uh, well, the, oh, guys, this allows me to have two actions. I've always wanted two actions. This is all you actions. ever wanted. I love it. It's all I've ever and one, wanted. And in one time, you're crocodile, so it's just more exciting than just a roll roll. Yeah. Okay, so I guess there is... There. There is. (laughs) There are... So what you see, water's rising. There are two zombies who are unconscious in the center engaged in combat with Nulara and Torgar. There are two still standing there. One is in the mouth of one of your crocodiles. It is unconscious. Mm -hmm. The other is still hammering on the wall with the crocodile and now Flint over there. I'm going to get out my oath bow. I'm going to say swift death to those who have wronged me. You have to pick one of them. Uh, I'm picking the one that is hammering on the wall. Because I feel like this guy can just kill us all. Yeah. So I'm going to shoot my oath bow. (laughs) This is why I don't use weapons. Four plus two. Six. So your oath bow shot just goes wide. Whatever. Now I've got your, two crocodiles. Your, it's your crocodiles. <laughs> I command the one crocodile to let go of the guy that he's biting and to for both of them to focus their attention on the one that is pounding on the wall. Sure. So, damn, 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 damn it. That's a seven for one of them. Matt misses. Oh, nat 20 okay. for the other one. Nice. Uh, the other one is the one that has not previously bit somebody. So he gets a turn now. Uh, so he is going to bite the derriere of this one because his back is to him. Sure. And uh, he's going to do the death roll because he's a crocodile and crocodiles do that. Can I get him to do that? Yeah. Just as an action. Like, it's not going to give him any more damage, but could well, it rip I mean, him off his you'd feet? Get, you'd get damage from the bite because he's yeah. biting him. Yeah. But so, I mean, can he also yeah, roll and not, rip it, him down yeah. into the water and he'd spin? He'd be restrained and then prone. Well, I mean, he'd be restrained, but yeah. Cool. Sure. Uh, 1d10 plus 2. Times 2. What? Because you got a critical. Oh, that's 9, 10, 11 <laughs> times 2? Or do I roll, well, roll twice? again. Well, yeah. You don't get your <gasps> plus again, but yeah, you get another dice. Cool. That's um, 17. 17. Yeah. He... He's like barrel rolling this. Sure. This guy. Okay. So he is uh, Flint in front of you. You see one of these crocodiles just snatch this, this zombie soldier and then just begin rolling with him. Um, uh, and it, it looks like quite a violent roll. 
it does. It, nobody looks happy about it except the crocodile. Crocodile <laughs> looks crocodile pretty like, stoked. <laughs> Ostrich shoots his crossbow into one of the ones that is in front of Nulara and Torgar, and he gets a nineteen, which is going to be eight piercing damage, and that one is unconscious. So there is now only one. Um, uh, one in front of you, uh, Nulara and Torgar, and now it is that one's turn, and he is going to swing at Torgar for a 21, not critical, and Torgar is going to take one damage. A single damage. A toe-stubbing worth of damage, totally. if you will. Isn't that what Flint has, too? And Torgar's dead. Yeah. I mean... His, his toe's <laughs> achy. He's got an achy toe. Zombie who is now in a death roll. I'm just gonna roll and see if we can. You want to roll? Check? Yeah, roll a strength check for your crocodile. Nat twenty. Even my. T- Damn. Yeah. You got the oh, good plus dice two. tonight. Yeah, you got twenty two. Twenty two. So I got a twenty. You have a nat twenty. This is my third one. It's amazing. He is flailing against this crocodile. This crocodile is like hammering him. Kind of the roll of this though is giving some more shake to the wall, and you see some more crumbling coming out of I the I yell, wall. stop. It's not the crocodile's turn. It doesn't matter. I can give verbal it's commands. It's not your turn either. It what? It's not your turn. It has to be my turn. It says... You're in combat. No action required by you. From the start to the end is six seconds. Oh, all right. Yeah. Go so fast. I know. Um, and now it's Torger's turn. There's one zombie left between him and uh, Nulara there. And that is a 20, not critical, 11 damage. So that zombie takes a big hit, but is still uh, still up. And Nulara, your turn. I have a question. If one of the people in the campaign, our, our friends, were to ask me to ask the crocodile to stop, would I, let, would I be able to let them stop? No, because it's still not your turn. No, I know. But like when Flint asked me, hey, are these crocodiles cool? And I said, yeah, they're like puppies. Would it not be, would that not you set a precedent to, that I can you speak? You still have to give, well, yeah, you, you're engaged in quick com, quick conversation with. Okay, I'm just with, trying to find a loophole. No, no, you can't. No loophole, okay. You can't stop okay. your goddamn things. Fine. Nulara, it's Amy, your turn. Amy, keep looking. I think you're on the trail. <laughs> Follow the money, Amy. Uh, so I'm going to attack that, that last one. That is a 17. 17 will hit, yeah. Nine. Nine is enough to incapacitate that zombie. Nice. So there's just the one in the death roll with the crocodile still active, we'll say. Okay. You don't know how you're going to Yeah, like I'm probably not going to get like him run out of over there. there, even though it won't hurt me. Hey. It might accidentally. Still seems like a bad idea. It's true. Uh, also, we got to get out of here because that wall cracked, right? Do you want to start just start running? Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, I guess we haven't heard any updates on how that cracked wall went. It will be very ironic if this battle took uh, three times longer than normal because we were using not our best weapons to try not to kill these things. And now it just floods and they all die. <laughs> Truth. Yeah, that that would be really stupid. I say we run. Yeah. Because what's one non-incapacitated soldier out of like hundreds that we still yet are yet to fight? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's. Just How fair. high is the water at this point? About uh, knee height. Knee height. Okay. So you're you would be slowed unless you have some sort of crocodile to ride on. I don't know crocodile to ride on. <laughs> but yes, you would be slowed in terms of making distance. I mean, um, I can usually. walk on water. Yes, you can. I forgot that too. 
Yeah. yeah. Girl. I, we can water walk for one hour, I think, up to 10 willing creatures. There you go. Oh, damn. So we nice. just walk as though on solid ground. Let's walk in our asses a, out of here. In a now three foot tall. Oh, Jesus. Oh. So we're bent like literally half seas at the waist. Yeah. Well, Flint's not. <laughs> yeah, I'm just <laughs> ducking slightly. And neither is Torgar and Flint, Ostrich, Flint, right? Torgar, and Ostrich aren't. That's yeah, true. They're like I hunched can, a bit. Um, I will, I'll just lay down on top of one of my crocodiles and have them sh- <laughs> you can too I, I, we do have two crocodiles if, Perfect. You, if you want to I love it that sounds amazing so you are casting water walk then as your as your second action uh sure or walking on water yeah water walk I believe you cast this and you guys just kind of go whoop right to the top <laughs> nice sound effect I like Thank that you. yeah it was good and then Flint it's uh your turn I thought we were booking it out you're here. booking it okay so Flint as everybody begins booking it, you hear in your in your brain space, you hear Bort say, hey, I figured it out. And then you feel a rumble, a burning charge. Make an attack roll. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, 16. Do I have any modifiers? Question. Uh, no, we'll just, we'll just do that for now. Okay. You feel... And now C, so everybody's kind of behind you because you were closest to the exit stairs to get up. Everybody else sees out of Flint's mouth come an electric lightning charge as he breathes lightning down this tunnel. Flint, roll 2d6. Okay. And also I turn around at everyone and wink at them. Uh, five and five is ten. You're erupting lightning from your mouth and you turn and it strikes the wall and you turn and the wall visibly cracks and water begins streaming in as you guys run past this flood of water now coming into this tunnel. The tunnel is flooding, water is coming up quickly and you guys are running out of this tunnel, which is now kind of filling up the stairwell behind you and continuing to rise as you look down and see if it's if it's stopping or if it's not, it is not stopping. It is continuing to rise. Music in today's episode was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io. Oh, I just clicked a weird off thing. Maybe. Okay, sorry. That had nothing to do with anything. Okay. Or did it have something to do with everything? I was going to say, if you went to zero AC, I think we would have left you outside the funnel tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. If you love actual plays D&D, Hades, or Greek mythology and improv, be sure to check out Rogue Runners Volume 1 in the Blood to follow the adventures of Alexander the Great, King of Macedon and Drunk Paladin. Oh. 
Sorry. I guess now I'm Alexander the Grump. Rolf, part-time sorcerer, full-time boomer. Is it a sex thing? It was a sex thing! Arete, stealthy rogue and even thirstier mobster. Mm, have you bathed and brought to my tent? And Annie, legendary bard and chocolate milk fanatic. <laughs> Together, these four wretched shades will battle their way out of hell for another chance at life, with a little help and hindrance from gods and monsters alike. Word of advice when you're opening up these things, you're supposed to say, Olympus, I accept this message, in some really serious voice. Take your place among the living again. Your tactics are adept, if too elegant for my tastes. My dear, saying no is never a crime. <laughs> You hit like a philistine. You're not getting out of here alive, wretches. A pinky promise? A double pinky promise. When you die, you'll have to tell me all about it. Rogue Runners, an actual play audio drama made during the pandemic, all while maintaining proper social distancing. And I'll follow at a six-foot distance. How about a five-foot distance for D&D purposes? Sure. <laughs> okay. Ah. Thank you.